This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Hi Browns fans, welcome in. It's our first live stream of the week. Hope you're having a nice Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. A couple reminders before we get started, uh, which is make sure you're subscribing to this uh, OBR uh, YouTube channel so you can be notified every single time we go live. If you have not done so, you are here in the waiting room or chatting in the chat rooms, please smash that subscribe button. It helps us. I think it brings you pretty good content and uh, it's good every good for everybody. Um, otherwise, we are going to. Uh, I guess I should remind you too. If you could subscribe to the podcast, that'd be great. When you subscribe to that, automatically download it and then give it a nice rate and review to the OBR podcast as well. I'd appreciate that. That would be nice. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. I'm going to bring in Mr. Lane Atkins, who is going to be answering some great questions we have in our ATA thre- ATI threads. Excuse me. Uh, and as well as some that pop up here from users. So if you have a question and you want to chime in, uh, throw it in the comments here, and I will I will try to get Lane to answer it if our time permits. Uh, Lane, how are you, man? Hey, Jake, what's going on? Not much, not much. We're good. We're good. I will listen. I'm not I'm not one to beat around the bush, Lane. I'm going to ask you right off the bat. Uh, where, have you heard anything? Because this is going to be the common question. Have you heard anything on Julio Jones? Uh, internally, externally, any buzz whatsoever? No, we can just leave it as what we posted in our rumor central at the OBR. Uh, that as of Saturday afternoon, there hadn't been anything going on between the Browns and the Falcons for Julio Jones, and I, I haven't heard anything, you know, to make me think that there is something that's going to go on. Okay, you heard it here. So right now, there's nothing going on. Now there were reports from Albert Breer about some some detraction in the amount that they were seeking in return maybe a second round pick but if you're not if Atlanta doesn't want this is an important thing to consider too Lane I think somehow Jarvis Landry got lumped into this as someone they would send back in this whole thing and it's like I don't think Atlanta wants anyone back I think they want draft picks and and it's like then Cleveland has to take on you know 11 12 13 14 million whatever that number is and that's tight against what they have and especially what they want to roll over right yeah, with their salary cap issue Atlanta has right now, you know, they, they got to move some salary to get that rookie pool taken care of. So they're really not in a position to take on somebody like a Jarvis Landry and substantial contract he has. And, you know, as far as the Browns are concerned, you know, you're sitting at about $21 million that they, they got in their pocket. And, you know, they're a team that customarily likes to have that rollover. So, you know, thinking that they're just going to make a move on a Julio Jones like that would be surprising, yes. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. So we'll leave it there. There's not not much to report on that. So he has asked the questions, and his answer has been maybe not what some po- some folks want to hear. Maybe it is what some folks want to hear, but uh, no contact, no no serious inquiry going on there. A question that keeps coming up. Jack McCurry has asked this question uh, in the comment section, and I know our man LA just asked sort of the same question too. And we'll just dive into this, Lane. This is the big kind yeah. of thing tomorrow, which is OTAs. There was a discussion that came out today, and we've talked. I know you have extensively covered this in the Rumor Central sections, and you've talked about it on on this show and the weekly show uh, about discussions about who would be there. Sort of an agreement was reported. Tell us what you know about OTAs coming up, because everybody cares way too much about OTAs. Well, tell us what you know, Lane. Well, let's just start from the beginning. It's a problematic situation for team like the Cleveland Browns and the guys in the locker room because you have guys that are on that roster that want to be in. They want to come in. They want to do the voluntary work. Uh, they want to be in the weight room. They want to. They want to start getting moving. It's you know it's a it's a new world here in 2021 for for a football team, and you know they're hungry. And what happens is is that there's you know I'm not going to sit here and point fingers and say because the NFLPA president is your your starting center and you know, everything like that, but there there is a natural progression of peer pressure that plays into this situation because you know guys don't want to be that guy who goes against the grain so what's happening is a team like the browns you know that's important to them they want to get these guys in here they know the guys want to come in so they're both sides are being diligent players and the organization and just with the coaching staff you know it's just to come to some agreements on you know what what's going to happen or what are they going to do or what they're not going to do in a voluntary camp before they get to the mandatory camp that'll be coming up soon. Uh, it's it's really a touchy situation. And in Cleveland, you have we can't put a percentage on it because nobody nobody knows. I don't even think you know your roster has an idea of what kind of number of players that are going to come in. But there is a, a good number of players that are within that locker room that would like to come in at some point during the voluntary OTAs. Yeah, I think I think we're just going to have to see tomorrow. Like, I think people are asking sort of what the number will be, and I know that you have dug around, and I know Brad has dug around on our side and trying to talk to Baker's agent and different people, and we just have to see. I mean, I think there will be there will be a faction that will be there, and there will be a faction mm-hmm. that won't be there, and, and that's kind of a lame answer for me to say, but like. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna worry about it. These guys did nothing in person last year and came out of it just fine. I, right. and they have no changes, right? Schematically or personnel in terms of coaches, they, they, I think they'll end up being okay, right? Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, is that it's it's a personal thing. You know, you don't want players to take things personally because maybe they're not able to go in the facility and do the work that they want to do. So you, you want to do everything you can to just make sure everything just moves slowly. You're not going to lose anything because you're not going to be on the practice field in the voluntary OTA session. This is more just people getting together and just, you know, doing their thing, coming back together is what they what they were a season ago. I don't think it's going to be an issue long term, and I, I anticipate we're going to see guys in there tomorrow and just keep going forward. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I think I think we'll see a good number of guys there in general. Um, well, then, too, you got to consider that a lot of people saw what happened to, you know, happened out in Denver with, with you know, the injury and, right. um, and, and we, if you're, if you're working out all the time away from the facility, 
you do carry a risk. So I, I listen, I'm sure they're going to get some people in front of the podium tomorrow or the next day. And we're going to hear them figure out more as we go. But, but uh, it's, it is, it is a different situation from Cleveland than most other places due to JC's position and trying right. to lead spearhead that movement. You know, it's, it's unique in that sense. So uh, it's, it's, it's a good question. Good. It is for sure. And that was a question that, that, that rat dog came up with an ATI which is the NFLPA falling apart. Some places are everyone's there. Some places no guys are there, 75%. It's going to be weird. It's going to be a weird offseason here with that because I think every team's going to be different. Some teams are going to be all there. Some are not. They're trying to change the culture of what has been a really long-standing tradition in the NFL, right? Right. I mean, that's exactly what they're going to do. And, you know, there, there's going to be success in what they're trying to achieve with this thing. But, you know, you still – still a people business you need that people aspect you need that, that personal interaction i mean we can say yeah there wasn't any of this in-house stuff a season ago you know that's that's true but how long do you want to go within that same that same realm you know let guys get in here there's all this virtual work let them do their weight work you know it's something we talked about on the oba weekly show with you know players getting injured we've seen that in denver with some injuries and guys got cut and they lost the salary you got guys who don't want a chance losing money either. They want to get in there and do what they got to do and get out. Yeah, yeah, and, and you got to cover yourself too. I think that's a big thing some guys will talk about is being on site allows you to be protected. So um, let's go to some questions from ATI. And again, you guys can throw in any other questions in the comments section. We'll try to answer some of those. Uh, and, and I should mention too with OTA, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It was, if you did not read the Monday Morning Quarterback, it kind of laid it out for everybody, which was kind of that these guys, there's no live scrimmaging. There's, they're, they're not in pads at all. It is, it is, even though it is scaled back already, it's scaled back to the point that they're really trying to minimize. It's a lot of teaching. What they right. want it to be is time, less physical harm on guys and more time spent uh, understanding schematics. I'm sure the Browns coaching staff is all in on that concept. If you watched uh, Building the Browns recently, you probably saw the same things, which was a lot of teaching, a lot of one-on-one -on -one time, schematic stuff, not schematic, but, but um, you know, technical side of the positions that they're, that they're coaching, so. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Interesting stuff. They're laying some questions for you. Okay, are they considering... This is a question that keeps coming up. A veteran safety or veteran corner. We talked about it last night that you got to have a guy who wants to come in and, and ultimately accept a backup role, right? Like this, yeah. you, you want to go out and talk about Stephen Nelson, Brian Poole, but like, do those guys want to come into a place where they're not guaranteed to play? I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing we've talked about the past few weeks on uh, OBR Weekly Show and last week or so with you. You know, you're looking at guys, you know, veteran presence that have started in this league, have played at a high caliber, you're not going to come in here and sign a guy for $3 million and have him have a minimized role when these guys can sit here and wait until you get closer to the training camp when opportunities could present themselves. At least have a starting quality type role where they can have a chance to get back in the market after the 2021 season and try to recoup some dollars that they may have lost here as we go forward in this year. So it's it's not it's not a simple solution to just say you know let's add a corner or let's add a safety because you know the guys that generally you want to talk about are still high priced and they don't want to come down on that dollar value until they need to. Yep, yep, I couldn't agree more. A question here asked about edge rushers lane. You know, with with not taking one this year, and obviously you could view Curtis Weaver as the rookie at that position. Right. Is there any other candidate on the roster, which maybe the Malik Jackson question has come up here from the long report in the comments? No. Is, 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 I guess, is there anyone else that they feel good enough about that they decided to punt on uh, edge rusher? Or do they just like, you know, Joe Jackson and Porter Gustin and, and Weaver as role guys? Well, you're looking at those three guys that you just named, and yet they're definitely role guys. Weaver's a guy that has some upside that, you know, they wanted a season ago, and, you know, they were willing to – Take him injured from Miami and stash him away for the year. Uh, he's he's worked on his body. He's the, he's gained a little weight. His core strength is better. We're going to find out, you know, when they put the pads on and see what he can do. But you also look at it. You, you spoke Malik Jackson, Davian Clowney, Pat McKinley. You know, there's a bunch of guys who can play in the edge here in this defense, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, just the – mixing and matching of what they do along that defensive line because there's really some guys who can you know they can bring they can bring some heat but you know when you look at the draft it just it didn't fall that way for them there were there was areas that they liked and they they had some guys that they had pinpointed and they it just fell to them the way that they went with here and you know you really can't question it because i think after you got past that first eight or so edges you know to me it was just it was a jag it was just a guy yeah. Yeah, I mean you could you could roll the dice, but you gotta really love a guy at that point. And I don't I don't I don't I like that they don't force positions. They wanted to they really like Tony you know, Tony Fields and we'd rather have him than force it for an edge rusher, you know, like that that's that's a big thing. So that's a question that came up from from um Twitter user here, which is just RS said, who ends up playing more snaps this year? Tack Clowney. That feels like an injury prediction <laughs> situation to me, right? I mean, if it's all square, Clowney gets more snaps. Well, see, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there because, see, I believe that Tack McKinley is going to come in there and he's going to he's going to blow people up. And I also believe that there's more of a role sliding Clowney inside than what anybody knows. I think we're going to see Clowney play inside. I think we're going to see him play edge. 
long as he's healthy. It's going to be an interesting to see just what he does because he's he is happy with what he's been told of what they're going to do to him. You know, being a four three end edge rusher, sliding inside in situational packages. Uh, it's going to be interesting because you're going to see, you're going to see him and Miles Garrett together inside in some really unique situations. So, I it's it's hard to gauge. I mean, we're sitting here and we're getting towards the end of May. Let's let's get in the camp and let's see what these guys do. Yeah, you're you're spot on though about Clowney's ability to move inside, and I think that's a big reason why he'll he'll be on the field a lot. They can they can play. They want to get Tack as maybe one of their three three of their four best linemen on the field in any given time. They'll they'll do that. A question comes up from uh, could be El Colco on on uh, the OBR here in the ATI section. It's a question about special teams. I know it's too early to kind of pinpoint core special yeah. teams guy. Although a guy like Kaderil Hodge is a core special teams player, I think that they could keep around. There are some guys, Robert Jackson, that you could throw around, but um, it's too. It's still too early. The question here kind of turns into there's two questions. Who do you see having inside tracks on punt return, kick return, and then answer that one first, Lane. Then we'll go to the next one. Well, you got to look at they're at right now. I mean, they had a guy like JoJo Natson who they were hoping to figure into a role. You know, coming off an ACL, and you know they've drafted a speedy receiver. He, there may not be no role for him. I mean, he could. You know, we had a guy like Dearness Johnson, who was also in a return role. Now with them, you know, the selection of Felton, where does that leave Dearness Johnson? I don't, I don't think anybody wants to see Donovan Peoples-Jones living back there returning any kind of kicks. Uh, so I think what we're going to have is just a wide-open scenario when we're talking about the return game for the Browns in 2021. Yeah, I think the best-suited thing would be a guy who can contribute somewhere other than just being a return guy. That would be nice. At least one of those phases, you know, if you could. I think Dearness did a decent job returning kicks last year as the, end, as the year wore on, but can Demetrius Felton do that? That's what those two guys are competing for. Uh, the other part of that question here was the bottom of the roster turned significantly, um, detracting from special teams playing 2020, because I'll give Prefer credit. It wasn't very good. The kickoff team particularly was atrocious. Yes. through the first quarter of the season. And then they started to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. He says, do you concur about the poor special teams because they're churning the bottom of the roster so much? And do you see a de-emphasis on this depot guardrail? Because one of his guardrail is, you know, trying to replace talent at the bottom of rosters, compete, compete, compete. And in my opinion, Lane, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I see it as they're trying to get to the point that they do strengthen the bottom of the roster, kind of the way we're seeing like this, this draft class, we're talking about most of these guys, you know, maybe other than Greg Newsom won't be forced to play. And even Greg Newsom's not forced to play. Even JOK is not forced to play guys. We think will play, but they're trying to just strengthen this bottom of the roster now so they can avoid this. The bottom of the Browns roster last year was pretty bad. I I, I don't think that's deniable fact. So I think they're trying to get there is the point, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at where they're at, and you look at the back end of the, of the draft, and what they did is they drafted guys who, you know, they didn't time all that well. You know, they didn't test all that well. But the guys who showed on film that could play, uh, guys who can play specials, which is going to be interesting because you got, you know, you're looking at three guys that you could potentially plug into specials if they win their positional battle, or that could be the situation that keeps them on the roster. So I, I do believe that that's just part of the strategy of trying
trying to build at the bottom end of the roster up without having to have that continuous turnover that you normally see outside of injury. Got it. That's good. Yep. I, I think that they're where they're going there is is a long picture thing. And I think they can get there. I think they will. A question from from the other day that I wanted to, to see your opinion on Lane, which is cutting some decent rosterable players. The Browns are at a point now where they they have a pretty good fifty three, right? And there's going to be some tough decisions to be made now. Uh, guys that we see them cut where we're like, whoa, I can't believe they cut that guy, maybe. The question here is what uh what draftee or UDFA or even current player do you think is too valuable a prospect to risk exposing on a pra- on this practice squad? So I had said <laughs> yesterday with Steven, I had said Demetric Felton because he's got a skill set. Kadero Hodge and Demetric yes. Felton were two guys who I thought have skill sets that other people will try to roster. They're, they're too good in my opinion. I know we haven't seen Demetric Felton, but I just think the prospect he is, if he gets cut kind of like Lynn Bowden with uh, – Right with uh, with Oakland trading into Miami, somebody will want him. Do you, is there anyone else that you think is like maybe a fringe guy that, that 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 they should hold off on cutting because if you cut them, you're not going to get them on the practice squad. Right, I mean I agree. A couple of names that you just shot out there were just a perfect example of what the situation really could unfold into as we get towards the end. I mean you can look at you know some of the guys that are along the defensive line and offensive line too that what are you going to do here because they have a lot of talent offensive line that they like I mean you're going to what are you going to do with a Drew Forbes is he going to make the team a, a Michael Dunn you know it's just going to be an interesting situation to, to see how this all plays out but you know actually you maybe hit the two names that really are at the top of the pecking order yeah, that, that that battle there is going to be one of the more interesting battles uh, for, for which of these. Uh, I guess it's how Browns fans are able to handle some of those people. Maybe like a Marvin Wilson being cut or something along those lines. So, um, yeah, anyway, uh, the, let, let me go to another question here, which is what did you, what did you think, what would be your grade of Jedrick Wills after year one, Lane? That's a question that keeps coming up. I haven't put out a film room on of collective season going to – uh, curious what you thought of him. I thought he had an up and down season. I thought he played very well at times. I thought he was he was mediocre at times. You know that's what you're going to get out of a rookie left tackle who was a right tackle. You know the change in transition. He he had he was banged up a little bit. Uh, you know he can definitely improve himself. He's a run blocker. He can he can definitely get into sets better as a pass blocker. But you know you're looking at the tenth overall selection in the draft, and I think Jedrick Wills had a very solid season for the Cleveland Browns, and I expect him to get better. Likewise. Um, I I will add comments later, but I think that you are on the the very great path right there. What second-year player do you think will show the most improvement? Not not saying you have to say Jed, but uh, curious, uh, RS here, which uh, second-year player? Is this the year one to year two jump is huge, Lane? Yeah. Jacob Phillips has the opportunity to make a nice jump. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the role with JOK coming on board now. But, you know, Jacob Phillips is a guy who, once he was healthy, he played fast. And he would put a helmet on you. He he was able to get you to the ground. So I'm going to be curious to see what happens with him, you know, in the second year. You know, and also the same thing, he's a guy like Jordan Elliott. He's a guy who needs to really step up at that. He's going to have a chance to really compete or be somebody within this defensive scheme, especially with the guys that they selected and Tommy T. And then, you know, the 
undrafted free agent Marvin Wilson, who was out of position and not in the, the greatest of shape a year ago. So it's going to be a battle. It's going to be curious to see what happens during training camp. Likewise, I think it'll be one of the more interesting uh, things because you got to see which one of these guys makes a jump. And if they don't make the jump, if somebody like Phillips doesn't make the jump that we're expecting, it's going to be a little disappointing uh, because right. you need him. You need him to do that. The last question I have here from the insider section lane is just kind of your general take on Joe Woods. Like the question here kind of says, we know he probably didn't have enough last year, but do you think he did enough with what he had to garner excitement for what is now this personnel infusion in year two? Anybody who watched the bronze in 2020, 11-5, to run the defensive scheme that he wanted to run. They were so deficient in the defensive backfield. It was, a, it was a bad situation that it was band-aids and rubber bands everywhere holding that thing together. Uh, I mean, sure, you'd like to see some things Maybe the game called a little differently here and there. But then again, that also plays into the unknown, what we don't know, what they what goes on during the week in practice, what a guy can do, what a guy really can't do in the specifics. You know, so Joe Woods doesn't get a free pass, but also we gotta understand that Joe Woods didn't have the talent for the scheme that he wanted, and they have accommodated him greatly. And it's gonna be interesting to see Joe Woods if he's Joe Woods or the guy that was in like Denver and doing the San Francisco thing, or is he Joe Woods of his first year in Cleveland? I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of that prior look. We're hoping so, Lane. We're hoping so, man. This has been great. I really, I really appreciate you taking time for questions. Thanks to everybody in the comments section who asked questions, and then shout out to OBR subscribers who who shot questions over in ATI to help us out there too. So, Lane, appreciate your time, my friend, and uh, always, always, always. Thanks for answering these questions for us and keeping Browns fans connected. Ah, anytime. All right, guys, that's a wrap for today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow. I don't even know who the guest is going to be tomorrow, but we'll figure it out. We also have the OBR Weekly Show. I believe we're going to do it. Barry's gone. He's on vacation. He's kicking his feet up in the sand. <laughs> but as my cat is yelling out in the hallway because he wants in the room, uh, he's kicking his feet up in the sand. We'll see. Maybe we can throw something together for the OBR Weekly. If not, we'll just delay it for the week. Um, anyway. That's a wrap for today. Thanks for joining us, guys. Have a great day, a great night, and as usual, go Browns. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.